Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, everyone. Now, welcome back to Ozpiz Live from your Brangaroo Studios. Uh, this is the call 10 stocks picked by you. Mm. I put them to two experts. We do it in an hour. It is Monday. 27th of February, you don't want to listen to me though, you want to listen to these two blokes. Uh, Gaurav Sodhi from Intelligent Investor, Nathan Sobhasandara from Deep Data Analytics. How are you gents? Very good. You're good, you Morning. survived. We're Surviving. here. Yep, yep, there's bombs going off everywhere, but, but so far we're <laughs> oh, surviving. I love this market. Have I you been caught market. in any? You've got caught in dominoes. Yep, me too. Easily the worst <laughs> result of the season. Oh. Um, I, I think it was an absolute shocker and uh, I don't think the fall of 20% was, was an exaggeration. That's probably right. Oh. But I do think, you know, just... So just, um, hold on or get out of dominoes? I don't think you need to panic. I mean, I think people need to appreciate that this is what business is. You know, business yep. is trying to solve a problem, coming up against a brick wall, going back to the drawing board and doing it again. And I, I just think this expectation that every year or every half year things continue in the one, same direction right. is unrealistic. And... Every business goes through, goes through um, yep. problems, and this is just a problem. So got the, the best management team to deal with it as well. Okay, uh, so you'd still hold on. With, I didn't hold add. I didn't add to the position. Right. But um, as the market digests this, and as we see progress about what they're doing to fix the problem, right. I think it's worthwhile keeping an eye on this, and I think an opportunity will oh. pop up. So that, that's yeah. your dud, your star. I think Lavisa. Just Lavisa is uh, is mm. firing. These guys are building something substantial, okay. and they're making progress along the way. Nathan uh, Dud and Star. Uh, I suppose the Dud has been. Oh, geez, the there's a lot of them. Lot to choose. Yeah, from. there's a lot to choose from. <laughs> but I think it's the ones that have run hard off the bottom and then yeah. getting hammered, uh, especially in the retail, food retail place. Uh, there's <coughs> been they've been the duds, uh-huh. and I think the market forgets that inflation is still very high. So the issues these guys face still remain there. So uh, I'm, I'm shocked that the market was shocked. Yeah. Um, the winners have been the boring guys. Boring is sexy. Telstra, Woolies, solid yeah. result, still going through. And I think they'll continue to do well because they've got to that mature state. They're like the perfect stock for the current market mm. when there's so much volatility, there's consumer worries and all of that. These guys are the perfect antidote for the market. So. There is something to see said about having diversification in your holdings. Mm. And, yeah. and the other one is healthcare. Yes, they've come off, but they're actually playing the other side of the game. And it, as the economy weakens, Aussie yeah. dollar comes off, healthcare does better. Big debate last week on the call. Mm. Scott Phillips and Mark Morlan, uh, Ron saying, all the bargains in this market are in retailers. Uh, because their PEs are so low. Uh, Jimbo uh, Lou and Mark Gardner on Friday said, you're dreaming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's, I agree with that. Yeah. that is, so the, the yeah. retail is the classic example where you buy them when PEs are extreme. Yes. Right. Because that means mm. The, mm. the analysts don't believe it, Right. but the, then the cycle must be at near the lows. Right. And so your recovery cycle is better, your risk right. return. When... When, when you've got cyclicals looking cheap, 
run for the hill. Right. Right? It's, it's a classic <laughs> BHP trade. BHP looked cheap. People were talking dividends. For the love of God, in the last 20 years, every time someone says BHP is a dividend stock, run. <laughs> right? It's a, these are cyclicals. Okay. So when the cyclicals look cheap, you've got to worry. When cyclicals look expensive, that's when you've got to look mm. at them. There is no neater, more enticing value trap than a retailer on low PE. <laughs> exactly. Multiple. Right. Yeah, I, I would not be. I would not be there. This is okay. It, it's one of the so more you obvious said, traps. So you said Levis is a star. It's yep. on a massive PE. Yep. So that's a good thing. Well, Levisa is an exception. It's a star because it is an exception. Um, they're going after a market that's not really impacted by what's going on around the world, yeah. and they're on a secular run to open as many stores as they can. They opened 86 stores in the period. Yeah. Just think about yeah. the challenges of that. Think about the logistics of getting your inventory around, yeah. getting your store openings up, getting staff together. Like This is a business that is Excellent. really on fire. Too, didn't it? That's a great that's business right. as well. Yeah. 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 I mean, well, the, the amazing part about it is it still still shocks me the amount of consumer spending out there. Mm. There yeah. is there is such it's gonna change. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. Yeah. I think to me is January it's yes. just yeah. I think that's exactly right. But it's um, and, but it's still May, you walk through C B D you yeah. see a lot more leases, mm. uh, buildings open for a new lease. Oh, you yeah. see a lot more small businesses shut down. Yeah. And and you That's think terrific. this has got to bite. It doesn't just Well, Jumbo reckons May will be the March quarter trading update for these retailers for the first quarter will be truth or dare. Yeah, well, I think we're there. I think the, the, the oh. flip has already switched. Uh, the switch has already flipped. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, the defining characteristic of this reporting season has been, you know, we've been talking about what's, uh, we're wondering how the consumers manage this. Is there a slowdown really coming? And I think this reporting season confirmed it. You know, the, the, it was, yeah. it's been a poor result season. The, the guidance has been poor. Yeah. And I think we can almost see it happening in real time. Like this economy is grinding to a halt. Yep. And, it's, and, and you can see it from the results. It's it's was, it was flagged from the US reporting season. I, yeah. I'm, again, I'm shocked by the fact that everyone's shocked. Yeah, yeah. You could see it in the US reporting yeah. season and their consumers are leverage on leverage they've yeah. gone credit credit's us. gone yeah, yeah. woof yeah. so you you look at that and go oh this is not good <laughs> yep okay let's get into the uh stock specific stuff uh, this half hour you want a view on computer share next dc australian financial group newcrest and nab uh stock of the day i thought we'd do woodside reported uh, this morning 142 percent increase in revenues 228 percent jump in profit uh, $6.49 billion as global energy prices surge. Our result has underpinned a fully frank dividend of $1.44 US a share, taking full-year dividend to $2.53. On the outlook, Woodside says it sees resilient demand for the energy group going forward. Uh, shares up a quarter of a percent. Nathan, Woodside? Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a very good play. I think it's a consensus play yeah. for the energy sector. Mm. I actually think energy oil prices will rebound. Mm. I think that'll be, you know, if you look at history, inflation always goes in multiple cycles. It doesn't happen one bounce and then go yep. away. So I expect another cycle. Generally, energy triggers the start of that cycle. So I'm positive on energy. I'm still, you know, I can't get my head around why I wouldn't be in Karun and why I want to look at someone else. And right. it doesn't stack up. And I think Woodside is good. I think the only problem is there is going to be CapEx requirements. I think you can already see prices coming off for them. So their expectations were pretty high previously. So it's going to be a bit more of a normalization. 
right. and that's going to play through the LNG. And the other problem is the main customers, especially in Asia, industrial production is way down. It's coming off hard, and we're seeing the demand falling off. So I don't know if that's going to stack up as well for LNG. I think Karun being the only oil yeah. play still plays better. It's, a, it's got a very similar chart to Woodside then, doesn't it? It does. And I, I think chart. for me, uh, the oil, oil uh, plays quite well. And on the speculative end, uranium still plays quite well. I think the thematic so you, still holds. you'd switch out of Woodside yeah. into Karun? I would go into Karun. Yes. Okay. Uh, I think the upside is there. And I think the growth play is much better in the short term than I would. So Woodside's a sell? I would actually, yeah. Right. Because it's a consensus trade. Everyone's there. It's a crowded trade. Yeah, yeah. we own Woodside in our portfolios and Karoon, actually. And we've been early on both, done very well out of both of them. Yeah. And I'm quite happy to hold them. I don't see them as interchangeable, I have to say, Maith. I know where you're coming from. I share mm. your optimism on Karoon. I think, I think the upside for Karoon is extraordinary. This could be an $8 stock if everything works out mm. the way they want it to. A small probability of that happening, but it could happen. Um, but so you, their cost of production, both. I'd have both. The cost oh, of production for Karoon is about, what, 30 bucks a barrel or something? And for, for Woodside, it's about three bucks. You know, like there's a very big difference in risk in risk profile. Um, all of Wood Karoon's upside really comes from field development, whereas, Karoon, um, whereas Woodside has the assets kind of yeah. there. They have the resources there. They've got the balance sheet to, to finish what they want to do. I think it's a much lower risk um, exposure and I don't think it's expensive. The inclusion of BHP's petroleum assets was the big game changer. Um, I was pretty ready to sell Woodside and then you take a look at these BHP assets and I just think they are um, they're fantastic and they were purchased at a very good price. Chuck in Santos? I don't like Santos. Right. Been a long-term skeptic. I think asset quality is poor. We continue to see write-downs and I still think right. that Gladstone project um, we will see more write-downs and uh, mm -hmm. it's a dud. Just, just to put it in context, what we, what we were saying before, yep. uh, on a reported PE earnings, it's eight PE. What is Woodside? Wow. <clears throat> I think energy is a bit special, though. It is, uh, and I grant energy that. And, is the and if I had level. to pick something outside that, I would go for Woodside simply because it's more dependable, much more yeah. um, diversified, right? And it, and it pays like you're getting so much cash you get out dividends. Yield. You as get well. the yield, so, yeah. and most people who are holding it for the yield it's actually okay. I'm not gonna say go sell it. That yep. just doesn't make sense. So yep. in that context, it depends on what you're holding it for. We tend to look for the total return basis and I think Karuna offers a better risk return. But if you're looking at the yield perspective, I think Woodside is probably the best okay. play in the energy. All right, David wants a view, Gaurav on computer share. The, uh, I call it the uh, shareholder management platform, administration platform for mm. share registries, employee plans, financial services. A pretty good result as well? Yes, I agree. I thought this was a very good result, in fact. Um, and a lot of that has to do with what's happening with interest rates. Um, and this is well known and well understood, but computer share holds a large float and they share the interest um, that they accumulate from that float with um, their customers. So they actually get a bit of a free kick as interest rates rise and that was evident in the result. And I think that's the main bull case for this. I actually think the base business is good but slow growth and the areas that they are growing into are probably not as good as the legacy areas. And this this um, mortgage services area, I, I, I classify right. that as a low quality um, growth engine, whereas the um, the core computer share business is fantastic, but there's just not much growth there. So right. this is probably um, this is probably more of a sell for me, actually. Right. I think the valuation looks full. For more conservative investors, I think you can still eke out acceptable returns from holding from this point. But 
I don't think this is the high quality business that used to be um, a few years ago. And um, the main reason to hold it would be to take advantage of a view of interest rates that you might have. Um, okay. I still think it has good exposure to that theme, but it's not a game I would play. I think this is still a sell for me. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's been a surprise candidate for that thematic. I mean, we knew it would do well. Mm. Um, we played it through the insurance sector, yeah. uh, which has done well. Uh, but yeah, competition I knew it would do well, but it's a surprisingly been so solid and has mm. outperformed mm. for uh, quite a bit, which shocked me. Um, the numbers look expensive. Mm. Uh, I mean, when I say boring is sexy, this is boring and it's expensive. I mean, it's, it's not sexy, it's expensive. Uh, we're going, uh, you know, we're going Prague here. Um, so it is, it's not cheap what you're getting. And if you're thinking about it on a yield perspective, uh, you're getting a better yield from the US 10 year bond yield. Mm. Uh, so, you know, what are you buying? Uh, you know, when it's like that, you need to be a growth engine. It's yeah. not a growth engine. So for me, it just doesn't stack up. And I think so for a business like this, the yield is an important part of the return. Exactly. That's what you're there for. So when that doesn't stack up, I mean, this is not better than the US economy. <laughs> so, I mean, that was my worry with CBA. So, they, you know, this one, yeah. Um, so in that context, I'd probably be looking to sell so and moving. And I mean, look, there are better options that are providing good yield. And you have to remember, you know, we now have yield, mm. <laughs> bond mm. yields mm. that are actually mm. worthwhile. So they have high competition to compete against. And this does not stack up on that. Okay. All right. Uh, John wants a view on NextEC, the big uh, Australian data center developer, Nathan. Yeah. I mean, this uh, is... should point out we've got Macquarie Telecom coming yeah. in the second half of the the program as well. Yeah, I, I intentionally stayed out of all growth stocks. Um, and oh, you didn't like, no, be honest. Yeah. You intentionally have never liked this because the chief executive's on Instagram. No, <laughs> I, I, I love the fact that he is, what, I, what I've said for years is the fact that most, there's a market that's like, there's, oh, there's, right, a, okay. like there's a substantial right. part it's of the market. Someone else, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, it's, the data center thematic is great, right? Yep. And they've been one of the better ones. <coughs> so you play that. But when the growth stocks go out of fashion, when interest rates go up, you know, as they say, even the pretty girls get hit in a bus crash. And this yeah. is one of them. They have changed their strategy on what they're doing. Mm. And that raises risk. And geez, why do management always do these things when the cycle changes? It's mm. like Musk going and buying Twitter at the peak cycle as the cycle turns. Um, yeah, it's funny how that happens. <coughs> and I look at these things and go, yeah, you do this when times are good. You don't do yep. this when times are tough, and it's tough. So it is one where I like I like it, but the the growth is higher risk than what it used to be. So I'm waiting to see how things play out. Especially right now is not the time to jump into growth stocks. Rates are going up. I think yep. Fed is going to six percent, right? And RBA will get dragged to five percent. Um, so they'll be going four and a half five percent. They're going to be doing this slow hike for a lot longer than what they think. E even their own assumption is inflation is going to take until 2025 to get down there. So they'll be hiking for a while. So if that's the case, and if inflation remains elevated, these stocks will continue to struggle. So I'm not jumping in. It is a stock that I like, but I still think it's relatively well priced. I'm keeping an eye on it, I'm not jumping in now. All right. So no growth stocks? No growth stocks. Oh, look, Ordinate, Altium are my favorites. Yeah. Even them or wow. staying out. Not doing, oh, so, wow, okay. he's talking a big game, isn't yeah, he? I have been. I mean, it's been this case since end of last year, so. Okay. Yeah, right. Um, well, I happen to agree with you about Next DC, but I think we have different reasons for our agreement. Um, 
I've been a big supporter of NextDC for a while. We've had it yeah. on the buy list in the past. The funds have owned it in the past, and I've owned it personally in the past. Now I've I, I, this was one of my sells for for the coal adventures. Um, the fund sold it during the COVID mess um, to purchase other things that were much cheaper. Um, and I've actually turned more cautious on it. Um, now I open by saying that I think NextDC still remains an outstanding quality business. I think it remains an misunderstood business. People think this is just a big warehouse with an air conditioner attached. They think it's a REIT, it's a property yeah. business. I don't think it gets recognized that this is a network business. Mm -hmm. um, the money gets made by adding very specific um, tenants inside their centers. And then inside the centers, networking takes place and they make sort of 80% margin plus on the, um, on, the, on the connections that happen inside the center. And that's the attraction of, the, uh, of this business model. It's businesses go into next DC centers to get um, physical server connections to other businesses. Mm -hmm. It is a network business. Yep. It's not a property business. Although it does have a whole bunch of property um, on its books as well, which is also attractive. Now, the reason I'm cautious is, um, as Nathan kind of alluded to, um, they are changing their strategy a little bit. By necessity, it must be said, their customers are demanding um, a few things that are different from them. So in the past, they've built these very large co-location centers and they've probably spent a hundred million bucks each on them and fitted them out. And I reckon they make um, sort of 20 to 30% returns on capital on, on that over time, and that's fantastic. But they're now having to build these edge centers, which are very small centers yep. in the uh, uh, next to CBDs and uh, in, in highly populated areas. The returns are hopeless on those. They're building wholesale centers, and equally the returns aren't very good because they only have one mm -hmm. or two customers. Okay. Um, but they're doing those because so their the customers are demanding. I wonder whether the, uh, I think the incremental uh, returns on capital are at risk. The right. third thing that they're doing is they're, they're looking at overseas acquisitions. Now they've been very patient and I think quite judicious in their approach. and. I don't think that should mark against them, but it just raises the risk. So okay. I like this business. I think at 10 bucks, it's a hold. I think I would look at it again um, around eight, $8 or so. So we're not miles away, but I, I'm, I'm just getting a bit more cautious about this. Okay. The other thing to note is that the big cloud providers in the US are dramatically slowing their cloud expansions. Mm -hmm. And that has to impact um, pricing and, um, and demand in the local cloud market. So. This hyper growth we've seen, it may be slowing a little bit over the next little while. Okay. So be, be a bit more cautious on it. All right, uh, Bob um, uh, wants a view on Australian Financial Group, the mortgage broking uh, organization. Bob says, looking to buy into AFG. <coughs> um, Corey, have you looking to buy into AFG? I haven't bought it myself, but it was a buy recommendation. We didn't buy it for the funds um, and we lost money on it. Um, uh. good, good from memory, like a good chunk, 30% or so, we lost on this. Um, a bloody complicated business, I think. Um, you know, we, we thought we understood this reasonably well, and um, it's just complicated. Um, the, the numbers all look quite attractive. Um, the, the yields are okay. I, I think the, there's just moving parts here that I, don't, I clearly don't understand very well. Um, and our analyst has also kind of thrown his hands up and said, look, I just got this wrong uh, and I don't understand okay. it. Um, so I think for the complexity, I'm gonna say avoid. Yep. But I've got to say, if you want to actually dig through and, and try and wrap your heads around this, it looks, it looks kind of cheap. Like, it looks interesting. This has, it's not a terrible business by any accounts. It completely dominates its space. The headline numbers look okay. If you want to put some work in um, and take a little bit of risk, I think it, it's worth um, having a closer look at. I think for those with 
higher risk appetites. This is kind of interesting. I'm not sure what higher interest rates does. And I think that's what the market's yeah. telling you. Yeah. And that's why the opportunity seems present. And I think you just need to go off and do some work and see. For me, it's just a bit too hard. There's plenty of other opportunities and I'd yeah. go avoid. Ivan? Yeah, I mean, it's a macro trade. This was in the tough area. Um, and everything in that sector was going to struggle. And um, this has come back a lot compared to the banks, which barely have moved. Yeah, yeah. And so that just tells you how much risk in the banks. Um, numbers are <coughs> not, like, I mean, the, it's not cheap. Uh, yields are massive on a historical basis, so that just tells you something, what yeah. the market thinks. So again, I, I think there's, there's going to be dust settling over the next probably three to six months. I think up to now, um, you know, we were talking about before what RBA is doing, right? Mm -hmm. um, they continuously talk tough mm -hmm. and yet do nothing. Yeah. Like we, everyone knows, the whole market knows that they're not going to do anything, uh, which is kind of uh, ironical. But anyway, uh, but they still talk tough. They're out there screaming and shouting. And so, but that just means that they might be forced to raise for a lot longer. And that means a lot of these sectors will have this downtrend being kept in a downtrend for a lot longer. Mm. So you're swimming against the tide. I think till you see, um, macro bottom out, interest rate hikes uh, finish, and things start to stabilize, you're trying to pick against the macro, and I just think it's not worth the risk return. Yep. So yes, it's underperformed. Um, yes, if you look at the share price, it's hard from a year, year and a half ago. That doesn't mean it's cheap, mm. because the cycle is not with you, because that was when the cycle was running hot. Know, so. As Gaurav said, there are easier. Easier ways to make stop. money, right? Yeah. Um, and it's, um, yeah, you struggle to, like everyone tries to pick the things that are halved. Yeah. This is not the market to do right. that. So I also think some people, and I would put my hand up, and a lot of the team <laughs> would put their hand up on this, um, are attracted to complexity. And when right. you have complexity mixed with people hate this stock, mixed yeah. with superficially yeah. cheap, it becomes attractive to a certain type of person. But think of it this way, right? You're struggling mm. to understand a complex structure. Yeah. It's like, I remember back mm. in the day when the guy was trying, one of our what top analysts was got? doing <laughs> yeah, new scope, and he had a Excel, he had a full-blown Excel model mm. yeah. for just the capital structure. Not the company, just the capital structure. When you have complex structures like that, and the professionals are struggling, the average person yeah, finds yeah. something else. Yeah, yeah. Find exactly. something else. All it's right. Easy. Uh, Daniel wants to know: Is Newcrest that something else, mate? Uh, <laughs> nice well, segue. Yeah. Um, what a um, professional. Australia's <laughs> biggest gold miner um, has brushed the takeover Newman, yeah. mm. uh, offer from Newmont away. It's not, not being hard about it. No, it's no. almost a no, 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 no. Not quite a man. Yeah. Maybe, know. maybe the next dance. Yeah. Um, exactly. so, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, look, I, I think oh, look, it's a big copper plate. And it mm. fills things that uh, Newman wants. Um, so I don't mm. think it's gone away. I think I'm sure they'll come back for another dance. Uh, and Newcrest is, look, it's got the size and it becomes an ETF index play on that size. It's got the copper, it's got the gold. Um, I like it. It's, it's one that I guess we always look at it as every six months <laughs> you wake up yeah. and you go, why? Yeah. Uh, but yeah. it is, it, it's a complex beast, right? And that's what you're getting with Newcrest. Uh, but I think it, for the current market, I actually like it. I, I think it's, you're not going to have an economic recovery without copper. And no. you're not going to have green technology without copper. And gold in this cycle, I think is playing quite defensive and it um, works well. So for me, Newcrest ticks the boxes. Yeah, is a buy like, at this level? Uh, we like the sectors, the gold okay. sector, and Newcrest sits there well. I had a bit of a deep dive into the gold sector, because like you, I thought this is a sector that's quite hated, um, and yeah. I took a look 
at most of the big gold miners, I was very disappointed with what I saw. Like these guys just aren't making money. They're not making cash flow. Yeah, and, and a lot of them are carrying debt. I didn't realize that the balance sheets had deteriorated so much. I'm way less positive on the gold sector than I was sort of a year ago or six months ago. I just think the performance has not followed through. Um, a lot of them are expanding overseas. Like Canada has become a, um, a graveyard for Australian gold miners. Everyone that goes over there, and Newcrest included, is, is facing trouble. Right. Um, so that's, that's in a general comment, I guess, on gold. Newcrest in particular, I don't think there's a gold miner um, that infuriates me more than Newcrest <laughs> because they have probably maybe the most profitable big mine in the country, which is Cardia, which is um, a big underground mine. Nathan already noted that they produce a lot of copper. So the actual cost of the, the gold, is, I think, is negative. It, it's a negative cost because the copper basically pays for all the mining and the extraction. Wow. It's super profitable. About 80% of all of Newcrest profits come from Cardia, this one giant mine. There's probably 20 years of resources and another 20 years if you add more exploration yeah. potential. So this is itself is a beautiful ore body and yet they dilute it by carrying all these is, awful ore bodies new, uh, along with. This is my um, constant complaint about Newcrest. Like right? We will sell non-core assets. I, they I they need to sell everything. Right. <laughs> and I've said for years that this is a, a great mine surrounded uh, or, or captured inside a mediocre business. <laughs> and every other mine they have is 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 lousy. So this mine is their bank. Basically. It is their bank, and then they've uh, they've raided it to reinvest in these other mm. low performing mines. Right. So I just think that's it's really unforgivable. They, uh, um, you know, I'm for me the the play here is to someone needs to buy this and rip out Cardia, and, and I think that by mm. itself is right. worth billions. And the rest of the business. I wouldn't bother with. Um, this is a still a sell and avoid. I, they should have taken the takeover. I think that was a very fair offer on the table, um, and I'm disappointed that they didn't take it. Okay. All right. Uh, Don wants a view, Gaurav, on NAB. Big fall bang. Jeez, if I was scathing on Newcrest, well, <laughs> <laughs> NAB is, is worse. Than, I've, I've had this three or four big blue chip stocks, which I think have been disasters over a long, long time. Where is it, Maith? It's, uh, it's AMP, yes. NAB, <laughs> uh, QBE. QBE, and I think Tab Corp may have been one yeah, of them. Yeah. Did you have Link in there for a while as well? It probably deserves a spot, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I, it's probably not big enough to, on that list, but it deserves a spot. But it's just been a disaster. What right. a disaster. I don't, I don't see how you could come back and, and do this. Like, for me, these are just big bureaucracies that run themselves. Yeah, exactly. CBA is a genuinely good business and the returns are meaningfully better than anyone else, but it's so expensive, you just can't buy it. The others I wouldn't bother with, they're poor quality businesses yep. that benefit from a monopoly. And if you need the yield, you can hold them, but unless, for any other reason, I just see no investment case here for holding banks at all to sell and look, yep. look elsewhere. Nathan? Yeah, hard to argue. I mean, CBA was, you know, it's delivering less than US 10-year um, bond yield. Um, so. If you're thinking yield, just go buy the bonds. And for that, you're still paying like 1.7 times um, book value, yeah, which it's, it's the banks are trading. Crazy. Basically, yeah. the four big banks. Uh, Macquarie is a bit different, yeah. But yeah. the the big four banks, if you aggregate them as a sector and they dominate the sector, um, their multiple compared to its history yeah. are historical highs. So this is way overvalued, and you have to remember they've run down their bad debt provisions to keep mm. the earnings going. Yeah. And when they start to roll over, so does mm. the dividends, right? And it is almost inevitable now, rates are going to go higher and higher, which means demand for mortgages will come off. 
yeah. um, and consumers will struggle. So th those things will play out. And so the banks will struggle. That mm. is just normal. Um, and CBA is the best and on the result it fell. Mm. So you can only see what the others are going to do. So um, for the, I mean, NAV has an advantage of having more exposure to the small business. And let me tell you, I'm walking around looking at small business. <laughs> that, that's not pretty. <laughs> So yeah. I'm not jumping in um, NAB or ANZ. I think Westpac is the boring defensive play. CBS, oh, I think that's a disaster. It is, is, but really, yeah. out of the four, mm. um, Westpac probably is the middle of the pack. CBA is what everyone buys, and it's the ETF play. The other two just gets banged around by what happens in the sure. sector. Okay. All right, let's recap the uh, first five stocks. Uh, Woodside, a hold from Gore, a sell from Mathan. Both have a sell on computer share. Next DC. I know from Mathan, Gaurav is a whole, but likes the business, gets down to $8, he'd be interested. Um, Australian Financial Group, no from both Newcrest, a buy from Mathan, a sell from Gaurav, uh, and both have a sell on NAB. Uh, here on the call, we've been following our own high conviction fantasy fund that was picked by the investment committee. Uh, the February committee meeting is on the platform at the moment to have a look at. Uh, Mathan is on that committee in February, they got out of Aristocrat and JB Hi-Fi. They got into Paradigm and New Century Resources, which was up 40%. Henry Jennings, I think, is bragging to everyone that that, that was his stock that he put on. Talk about copper stocks uh, being popular. Uh, and they added to the, um, to the weightings of BHP, CSL and Boss since the 1st of March last year, fund up 13%. Keep um, sending the uh, requests in for the call though because that's a fil first filter to get up to the investment committee. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while, and although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools, plus our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. All of January we had Super Buy. Now in February it is Super Sell. Absolutely. If any of our experts on the call disagree with the stock in the call's fantasy portfolio, they can say Super Sell. And it comes straight back to the investment committee. All of February, exclusive on Ausbiz, you don't want to miss it. Uh, okay, Gaurav, yeah. have you got a super sell out of the portfolio there? Out of the portfolio, do you still own Intertech Pivot, Matt? Yes, I believe. Yeah, get out of that. <laughs> okay. Actually, they did, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, we got yeah, our internet. Yeah, Linus yeah. is in there yeah, uh, as well, nice. which you thought, Linus, yeah, I think was a good result today. Yeah, I think, I mean, the result was pretty much mostly as expected. I think yeah. the the whole question of what's happening in Malaysia and how quickly they can get Kalgoorlie up yeah. and running, yeah. I think that gap is much uh, shorter than what people right. thought. So I think that's the big positive. Okay. Uh, does the portfolio still have dominoes? No, no, I think we got, we got out. Just before Christmas. Yeah, yeah, we got out. I mean, we were, we have been, 
and this has been the big fight, right? Reduce the consumer side of things. Yeah. And in some of the stocks, you don't get to choose the stocks that go in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you got to play with what you've got. Yeah. So, you know, it's, for example, the ones that we chose last month, yep, yep. it was more to the fact that what I can get out mm. and how I can change the dynamics yep. is more important than yes. uh, what you can get in. So you're not going to get what you want in, mm. but you can manage the changes. So we did take actually riskier stocks, yep. but for well, the market, century, it yeah, actually paradigm. makes yeah. sense. So it's kind of like managing the macro and the micro at the same time. So I, yeah. I enjoy the process. I mean, it's like, I mean, usually I would sit, if I was doing it, then I would go through my strategy. Yeah. But when someone else is, you have to accommodate for their strategy yeah. and then yeah, have yeah. to work around it. So it's, it's always an interesting discussion. Yeah. Uh, next committee meeting is next week, I think it is yeah, too. Is so uh, we'll see what the group does then. All right, let's get into the uh, the second half by Chira Health, Macquarie Telecom, Breville, Ramsey Healthcare, Rhythm Biosciences. Uh, for Chira Health, um, Anthony says, I just took up a small holding on it. It looks like it has operational momentum behind it. Um, it's in the silent distribution of medicinal cannabis products. Gaurav, any interest? I'd never heard of this before, ever. Yeah. And I didn't expect much when I opened it up, to be honest. But it was kind of interesting, I thought. Um, look, I, I'll preface this by saying that I don't really understand this very well. It's not my area. And I have actually passed this idea on to our gun science healthcare analyst, oh, yeah. who is just outstanding, um, does a great job on these. So um, if he decides it's worth more research, you'll see it up on the website. But um, for, for me, I thought this was quite interesting, actually. So oh. what they're trying to do, they've got this um, software platform that pieces together in um, uh, um, Pharmacies, doctors, and users of medicinal cannabis all right. together. And the benefit of that is this is a highly regulated product um, and the, the platform kind of tracks the movement of the, uh, of the cannabis all the way through from, uh, you know, when it gets to the pharmacy to when it yep. gets to the end user, all the paperwork and everything you need is on the platform. And the momentum in the platform, I think the, the view is quite correct. I was amazed by how much revenue growth um, this company was achieving. Mm. I think there was positive EBITDA yeah, from memory. Yeah. Um, was it a dividend? I, I, uh, I don't it think I might have got that I'll wrong. Check, actually. But, um, yeah. but I was really impressed by the numbers. And mm. I think um, the yeah, idea seems novel. I didn't quite understand how they're monetizing this because from what I can see, see the, the platform's actually free. But there's other parts of this business as well. They own a whole bunch of clinics. And it's interesting. I like to see how they piece together the clinics and the platform. And it looks like once you put those things together, you've got quite a powerful little distribution for medicinal cannabis. And there are, there are network effects kind of at, at play here because um, as more people jump on the platform, you'd think that the entire platform becomes more yep. attractive for everyone else. So look, I, I think this is kind of interesting. I, it's, it's a highly speculative idea. It needs a lot more research and I clearly don't understand it very well. But from an early glance, um, this is worth a speculative um, buy. I think this is exactly the sort of thing that looks interesting to speculate on. You know, I think people love speculation and, and I'm in that camp. I think it's, it's fun and yeah. it's a good intellectual exercise. In proportion. Yeah. In proportion, and you just have to be very, very rigorous with what you choose. And something like this, I think, um, mm. ticks some boxes. I think it's interesting. I thought yeah. the board and management looked very well credentialed as well, and, and yeah. there was a bit of insider ownership there. Yeah, so, it's, yeah it's quite interesting. Uh, Little Green Farmer is the other listed one. That actually grows medicinal cannabis in Perth. Yeah, I think that part of the, of the value chain is far less attractive than the distribution part of the value chain. I like where these guys are positioned because right. you don't have to worry about the 
growing and uh, that's every right. com no company has ever made money from from growing it it's really i think the retail and distribution okay. is where it's at little green farmer won an export award mm. would you believe last year mm. uh, exporting medicinal cannabis um, and they credited mm. uh, border force uh, for their help in exporting overseas. Wow. Because Border Force give it the tick of approval and all of the regulations they're following. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just that tick of approval from our uh, Border Force authorities have opened up these export markets around the world because they say, you guys are legit. Yeah. Interesting. I had no idea at the time. <laughs> I mean, it must I be the Border Force because yeah. they, they were at the dinner. I said, are you really endorsing? Yep. They do it the right way. Wow, it's there you go. In so many countries. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I guess it's it's a matter of it, it is a complex area of the business, right? Yeah. There's so much legal issues. So having that uh, must be it, it. Exactly what you said. I did not know about this, and I I actually keep an eye on a few of these. Topics. Yeah, I thought you would. Yeah, actually, you, and you know and I have to yeah. say, when I saw on the list of them, hmm. because um, Jack had a different code, and I went, yeah. what's that code? So I went, looked at the code, that doesn't exist because they've had yes, a code change. That's right, code so change. I had to go through yeah, that yeah. process and find out. I had the same thing actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I went through and go, oh, yeah. there's two different information coming, why? Mm -hmm. And then, then worked it out. Um, look, they are cash flow positive. The first thing yeah. I was like, what? None of the businesses I've looked at. Yes, that's right. <laughs> like that's the, a they don't have even a hope of cash flow positive for years. Right. Uh, so the fact that it's like, wow, okay. Um, yeah, I, I have to say, I have to do more work, yeah. but it's Definitely interesting. Um, okay. it, it's worth looking at. It's not, I mean, I guess for where it is, you're still paying a high multiple, but that's what you do in these kind of speculative yeah. growth plays. Mm. Um, I would suggest you put, you know, if you're going to put, I don't know, $10, put $3 in, mm. yeah. follow it for six months, see how yeah. they go. If they hit the marks and mm. execute, yep. then add to it uh, because these are high risk play. Mm. But, yeah. you know, I'd rather back a guy in a thematic that's making money than mm. losing yep. money. Mm. So, you know, they're not going to dilute you. Mm. Um, there's a, a hell of a lot of stock came out of escrow in December. It didn't completely trash the stock. So that's another positive. Yep. So, yeah, there's a lot of, lot okay. of things to like about it. All right. Um, Anthony, thank you for bringing it to our attention. Terrific. Uh, Robin wants to view Nathan on Macquarie Telecom, uh, that uh, data center a group cloud services mainly to government yeah. is that uh, look based, at, based in canberra uh graham will give you a phd um <laughs> look i'm not going to waste his time i'll tell the simple stuff look it's good wow. um, but it's 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 a high growth yeah. stock i've got a few friends who work there and they got shares the bastards got oh, shares right, and okay. nothing <laughs> and had no idea what they were getting and <laughs> now they act like they know what they're doing yeah. so this it's it's hey, look it's it's a great business management's great mm. they're in the right area had um, a good upside yeah but it's yeah. it's it's a growth stock it'll come back but it's one if you have it you hold it um, yep. and if you don't have it just wait for the interest rate cycle to finish and then add to it okay good yeah, I've had I've owned this for a while. It's been a buy recommendation for a long time. At and he's been right. <laughs> <laughs> We yeah. we haven't owned it for the funds because it's very illiquid, and yeah. we had a small position. Okay. We just couldn't get set in it, so we we don't own it in the funds. But that is the main uh, detraction from this: is the owners own sixty percent. The two brothers own sixty percent of the stock. There's only like ninety million, probably less than that, actually. Have I got that right? Is it twenty million? There's a, a very small number of stocks on issue because they just do not raise equity right. at all. 
And I think for me, comparing this to something like NextDC is really instructive about the way owners think about a business and the way... 22 million 22 million shares. 22 yeah. million shares, yeah, that's all. That's, that's all, yeah. And this, wow. and this is a business that's been around for, And what, it's a 1.2 billion market <laughs> Wow. And, and the two brothers own 60%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think management here is that saying. And when they started, I, I love... I think origin stories are really mm. important. Yeah. Um, and they can, they can tell you a lot about a business, you know. And... These guys started um, uh, with, with no advantage, with no capital, um, with very little experience, and they built a little um, a telco business um, targeted at enterprise because back then Telstra, well, back then, as in now, Telstra was, was terrible at enterprise. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the big guys tried to kill them again and again, and these guys persevered, built a big, profitable um, uh, enterprise telco business, then pivoted into, into data centers and have done spectacularly out of data centers. And all that has been done with internal capital. They've never raised mm. um, capital. They've used minimal debt. They've done it really smartly. Um, whereas NextDC, you know, every 12 months, these guys are raising capital at, yep. to the market. And they use a heap of debt, NextDC. That's also a risk factor as well. I think there's a lot of growth still left in this. The mm. numbers, what, one thing I really like is that the numbers look really bad um, for Macquarie. And that has to do with an accounting treatment for when you're building a lot of physical mm. infrastructure. You, um, you, 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 know, you, you capitalize that on your balance sheet and you depreciate that and they had taken on a bit of debt. So depreciation and interest wipe about, what, 50% of the net profit off the bottom line and that no. makes the NPAT look really bad. It makes the ROE look really bad. So for all these people who slavishly follow numbers, um, think, oh, the ROE is this and, and the, uh, the, the debt to interest is this and you're going to get it wrong. You're going to miss it. Um, right. But if you if you adjust for that and you look at the operating profits yeah. this business is generating, it's gonna it's gonna do more than hundred million dollars this year, um, and and I think it's an outstanding quality business, and I think it grows. I think the earnings double over the next couple of years after mm. that as well. Super sticky customers. I'm a big fan. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go buy. I think if you don't own this, you 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 oh. ought to you ought to have it. Um, yeah. It, it, it does give, as an advice, <laughs> this is one of those few stocks where the retail investor has a competitive advantage over the fund manager. Because most fundies can't buy it. Can't buy we it. can't, we're small, uh, we liquid, couldn't buy it. Yeah, right. liquidity right. issue. Right. So in theory, as my stupid mates would tell me, <laughs> not knowing anything and mm. buying it has been an advantage. Right, <laughs> And so right. this one, um, it's come back with uh, the obvious, uh, you know, interest rate problem with growth stocks. And I think it's, yeah, I, I'd, I'd actually back it. Yeah, it is one oh, yeah, I'm not buying Have any I growth stock. <laughs> I would actually. This is one yeah. where it's it's more. It's not a pure growth stock. It's more defensive growth. Right. So I would right. back. That's actually a really important point. Yeah. It is a I more defensive. I would back it for that reason. Okay. And also, thing. the fund managers are not there to stuff you up. <laughs> right. Right. The difference between this and NextDC. NextDC is a co-location specialist. So they build these huge buildings and get other people in, yeah. and they earn rents and then they earn connection fees um, on on everything, all the activity that goes on inside that center. These guys do more managed services. So they own the data center, they collect rents from the people in there, but then they manage services. And so once they get a tenant in, the revenue from that tenant will double over time as they add more services and, and service that tenant. So it's actually a really attractive model and the full profitability of the CapEx doesn't get realized until years into the future, right. which I think is again why analysts continue to miss this right. as a high quality business. Okay, all right. Um, next stock, uh, Nick wants a view, uh, Gaurav, on Breville Group, the, uh, the homeware or kitchenware manufacturer. Uh, mm. Solly Lou has a big stake of Premier Investments in it. 
What do you think of Breville? Yeah, we, we had this as a buy earlier, I think last year, when it got down to cheaper levels. Um, and it was a, I would say it's a tenacious, it was a tenacious buy for us because there's a easy to write bear case for, for Breville. Yeah. And it goes something like this. In fact, the script is following. Um, you know, you, you got these huge run up during COVID where you had um, revenue and margins massively expand. Um, and, and then you've got these supply issues hitting the business and to, to counter those supply issues, they built up re- inventory to a scary level, probably triple yeah. the amount of re- inventory they typically hold. And sales have not actually bounced back. And so they're still holding this inventory. So the question we have to ask ourselves is, does this inventory actually maintain its value? And can they sell it at, at um, proper retail prices or does it have to be slashed and discounted? Now the company has gone to great lengths to argue that the inventory is still worth um, as mm. much as it was a year ago. Yep. And I think there is some evidence for that, um, but the risk here is that they can't move it and they have to slash it. And that just, it really does ruin the economics of the business if they do that. It's a short term thing, but it would savage the share mm. price if that happens. So I'm gonna go with hold for here, just because there's a, there's a big uh, unknown sort of sitting there. and. We already own the stock, right. <laughs> so I don't think you need to need to double down. This is I don't think we need to be heroes here and own more. Um, so it's just a hold. And oh. if you don't own it, it, it's just a very high quality business that has done really really well over time. It's it's deserves the benefit of the doubt, but I still think you're better off just sitting back and watching for now. Hold. Yep. Um, but um, keep an eye on it. It's it a good quality business. Yeah. Could crack. Yep. Yeah, look, it's a, it's a really good business uh, when things are going well. Mm. And uh, Gurab's right. There is a, a risk there. Mm. And I think when you put that with the line that there is a weakness in consumer spending coming globally, mm. right? That's yeah. just inevitable. Mm-hmm. And it'll have an effect. Um, and it's a high growth stock. Um, uh, it is what it is. It looks very expensive. On it is. It is it? expensive. Yeah. But compared to its own history, it trades between expensive and <laughs> yes. insane. Right? So it's, it's currently somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Um, so it's not cheap. And I think when you have risk associated with that, mm. it's not where you want to be in this market. Okay. There's a time to take risk and there's a time not to take risk. This is a time in the market where you don't take risk. You play defense and Breville doesn't play for me there. Where, as we were just discussing on Macquarie, that's that's a, that's defense a defensive play. play. Right. It's a growth, but it's a defensive growth play. Yep. This is an offensive growth play, and I'm not taking that with the risk that's coming with okay. it. All right. Uh, is healthcare sector want to be in Maythan? Uh, Nicole wants a view on Ramsey Healthcare, largest private healthcare provider in the world, mm. 500 facilities, 11 countries. Look, it's, it's solid. Um, I think there will always be an M&A play as a, attached to it with the property mm-hmm. that's going to stay there. Um, the biggest cost for every government is health yep. and insurance and health, you know, hospitals will always fight. And so this is not going to be an easy game. It's going to get tougher and tougher as time goes on. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's not cheap. It's not expensive. Um, because it's not going to go anywhere. It's not, you're not going to get massive growth. Right. I think it's a solid business, churns out cash. It's good for private equity. They can buy it, flip the assets, uh, j- take the cash and then flip it back to the market. Lots of people are saying that healthcare is the sector to be in at the moment, going through what we, we expect to happen in the next 12 months. Um, if you've got a 
it, risky it, it, 12 months. See, everyone's in commodities. So yeah. that's yep. the, so the flip side of that is healthcare. So yeah. I can see why you want to be there. But at the same time, I think you've got to look at, it, it's about what you're paying for the, uh, the growth that you're getting. Yes, you get less growth, but you still want to pay for some growth. Yeah. Um, otherwise you get into, I think for me, Ramsey, I don't see a huge upside for me. I think it's solid business and I think it'll be okay. And maybe in the next six to 12 months, there'll be another dance on M&A. Right. Uh, but you don't buy for that. And so for me, I, you know, my healthcare play, we played it through CSL, um, Ansel and Sonic. Right. And Good trio. Yeah. And for me, that kind of covers a lot. And Ansel's down with the PMIs and I think that'll recover over time. So all three kind of covers a lot of space. Right. And they're not affected as, as much with inflation well, and they can transfer. I was going to say, Ansel hasn't performed that well. No, it hasn't. Um, and I expected that because right. I mean, it's, it's basically linked to the uh, PMI. It's not healthcare anymore. Right. It's yeah. basically manufacturing. manufacturing right? yeah. So when the PMIs are down, they go down and then they yeah. recover. So I think we're close to the low in the PMIs. Um, I think it'll grind up, so Ansel will do okay. Right. Um, and Sonic is good, and the market is starting to pick that up. Um, CSL is just, you know, it's just great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, but I'll still trade CSL, but you know, it, for the mm. moment, I want to be in safe CSL safe. Okay. Great. We're not talking about CSL, but I've, <laughs> owned, I've owned CSL for ten years, longest stock I've ever held. Yeah. And and I thought the result was outstanding. Yeah. And I just think, um, whenever management leaves, we always. I always get a, bit, a little bit worried. The market gets worried. You wonder who you're going to get. But with CSL, they've just got such a great bench of people. They've got and depth. They don't, the they? Team, what, don't they, they? There's a cultural um, strength to CSL. I think that sometimes does not get recognised. Um, yeah, I, I love the result. I love the departure and I uh, love the new high. I think it's all working fantastically. Okay. So it's around um, 300 bucks. Yeah, I'm, I'm holding it. Look, our official buy is much lower than that. Right. I think this is not a stock you're going to get on low multiples. No, and no. There's so much optionality captured into that share price as well. Um, you know, they've got three or four drugs that could just be multi-billion dollar yeah. businesses on their own. And um, they are they, they expense all their R&D. Have you just R&D's moved the Ramsey Australia. to a CSL? Yeah, sorry, we have, haven't we? Let's go back to Ramsey. <laughs> but, um, no, 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 but, but like the yeah. investment committee said, mm. okay, we needed in the portfolio mm. to put CSL up to its proper weighting. Mm. So if you're a retail investor, mm. You know, make sure you have well, the you thing know, is, your five, seven yeah. percent in CSL. Yeah, there isn't a so. lot of so. growth sectors mm. that you can back in the current cycle. Yeah. Um, healthcare works because everyone's in commodities. Yeah. So if you're playing that, you then you go for what's the highest, best quality growth yeah. defensive play. CSL just ticks. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Ramsey's not there. Look, I don't mind Ramsey. Yeah. We've owned it in the past, had it as a buy in the past. It's a hold currently, but I actually am probably a bit more positive than, than our analyst um, because PE has given us the playbook of what to do here. And I think management has been very shrewd in, um, when, when PE made the bid, they kind of told the market what they were going, know, to, going to do and kind of, Nathan alluded to, it's very obvious when you think about it, they have a, a whole bunch of uh, property on their books. They will spin that property off into a different trust or sell it and then um, add a leaseback agreement and then probably float the two entities. Hey, it's never been get, done before. <laughs> it's very obvious. They'll, yeah. load the, they'll load the properties up with debt, yeah. um, pay themselves a big dividend. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense. It's quite an obvious thing to yeah. do. And you can probably release 30% of the stock doing that in, in value. Um, management had just re- rejected the bid 
and came out and said, right, we're not taking your bid. And then the very next week, they said, we've got a brand new strategy. This is what we're doing. <laughs> and, it, and it was the PE play. So they're actually dealing with their property, yeah. property now. They're trying to monetize their property. I is, think if you're patient with is this. Is that to stop the next dance to coming? I actually, no. I think there's, it's an indication that the acquisition growth model has pretty much run out here. The okay. complexity of managing right. various health, um, uh, health regulations, regulations yeah. is yeah. too hard. They it can't. Is. I think they're at their limit to what, what they can do here. So I think uh, this is a good little final kick, kicking earner. Um, you, you might get a 30% uplift, 20 to 30% uplift from this property play. But after that, this becomes a low growth business. Okay. And, and I think if you want to, this is a, I call it a spec buy. Look, you can, you can play the, the property spin-off and I think you'll do well over the So you're doing a spec buy on it? I would just, for, okay. it, it's, a, it's a property play for me. But I never thought Ramsey would be yeah, a I know. But trader. <laughs> uh, final stock, yes. uh, Ken, Ken wants a view on Rhythm Biosciences, um, um, a diagnostic company. They've got a product that can um, screen for um, colorectal cancer with, uh, with blood testing. Uh, Ken says last time it was on 31st of January 2022, Nathan and Gorev had it as intelligent speculation. Yep, that sounds like something we'd say, doesn't it, Nathan? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and it still is. Mm -hmm. um, I have to say they did, and I always look at how they ma manage the market. Mm. They did do an update in December. Didn't do much. Um, so my guess is mm. it's probably will take a bit of time. Yep. But, geez, I love my biotechs. Mm. I mean, yep. for, and, you know, they've lost enough money on it. <laughs> so, and, and, but the thing is, it sucks you in. And this has got, it's got the right management. It's got the right things. Yeah. It's about execution. And you never know. And then they always take longer and than what it is. They've CSIRO links, don't they? From, yeah, I believe so. Uh, yeah. From, um, it's, it, it is, it is, it ticks a lot of boxes. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've lost money in some crappy biotechs but, with less. But if you're in it like Kenya, the whole Yeah, I, I think you don't want to have too much, right? Right. You don't want to have too much of this. And in biotech, best advice I can give is you've got to have a few yep. because the risk return you want to diversify. Uh, but this one ticks the box for me. I, I think it's right. worthwhile taking the risk, but I'll have a small play in a multiple ponies and this is one of them. Correct. Yeah, my, my first screen when I'm looking at a stock, the very first thing I do before looking at anything else is, is try and think about the problem this company is trying to solve. And that's what businesses are. They're little yeah. problem-solving units that, that monetize the, the problem they're trying to solve. And I think the problem this company is solving is a really important one. Mm. Um, and they've made genuine progress. So col colon cancer, I think I'll yeah, like yeah. Colon cancer is, I think, the third biggest killer, um, yeah. the third biggest cancer, the biggest source of death for, for males under 35. Um, and um, and the current testing is, is with, with poo. It's a fecal, fecal yeah. Yeah, test. Yeah. And sort of a third of the people who are supposed to get tested get tested. A blood test would dramatically change that. I mean, yeah. this, this is really game-changing stuff. Um, there, there, I'll point out that there are competitors to this. There's four or five companies that also have a blood test. The big play for these guys is that their process is simple and low cost, and they reckon they can halve the cost of that blood test. Um, and that's particularly attractive for governments who mm. end up paying for the blood test to be okay. widespread. I think this is the very definition of intelligent speculation. I, if it okay. works, yeah. it could be... It could be huge. huge. So, hold it if you're in it yep. and, and speculate. And spec yeah. buy. And I just okay. say management um, look very well credentialed. Yeah. And that's a really important part of any speculation is you need people who have done something decent in the past, are well aligned um, with the future and know what they're doing. Ticks it's high boxes. risk. Okay. But 
it's it's worthwhile. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's recap the final five stocks uh, by Churro, speculative buy from uh, uh, from Gaurav on Nathan's watch list to do a lot more work mm-hmm. in it. Uh, Macquarie Telecom, a buy from both. Breville, hold from Gaurav, no from Nathan. Uh, Ramsey Healthcare, speculative buy, trading buy on the property side of things in Gaurav's view, a no from Nathan. And Rhythm Biosciences, a... Uh, um, they haven't changed their view on it, is mm. um, intelligent investing, intelligent speculation. Um, <laughs> thank you, Gaurav. Good to see you, mate. Nathan, nice likewise, as always, if you've got any stocks you want us to cover, the call at osbiz.com.au is the email address. Send them through to me. The Pulse is next. <laughs>